You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Yisrael, 5781, 2020. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Toldos. And in our Parsha this week, we have the description of the brachis that Yitzchak Avinu would give to Yaakov Avinu. He thought that he was going to be giving them to Esav. He was unable to see. His eyes were clouded over. His eyes, he was blind in his old age. And instead, Yaakov Avinu comes and he steals the brachas at the advice of his mother Rivka, who knew that he was the greater one. And Yitzchak didn't see, both physically and, and figuratively, he couldn't see that his son Esav, the evil one, was not his true heir, but rather it was Yaakov Avinu. The Medrash tells us something which you may be familiar with about what was the reason why his eyes had gone blind. He was 123 year old, 23 years old, and it's very interesting that Lamaisi would end up living another, another 57 years. He lived to 180. And yet he thought that his life was over. He thought that he was about to die, that's why he wanted to give the blessings, give out the brachas. What was the reason why he had gone blind? So, there's a very famous medrash, two parts, three parts to it. We'll see if we read all three. Atichehena enav mirais. The medrash tells us, brings the pasuk in uh, chapter 27, verse 1, I believe, where it says that his eyes were heavy from being able to see. He wasn't able to see. Amr Blaz ibn Azariah, mirais bira, mirais bira shal rasha. What does it mean that he couldn't see? Why did Hashem make it that he would be unable to see? What was the reason for this? What was the spiritual reason why this occurred? Because Hashem did not want him to see, it seems. Or he was, uh, it doesn't say Hashem. Let's, let's see. We'll see what, what Kodesh Bochu's idea was. He was unable to see the evil of his son. He was, his eyes were clouded over from the evil of his son who was a Russia, who was evil, who was wicked. Hashem said, Yitzchak is going to go out to the market, and people will say, This is the father of that Russia, of that wicked man, of Esav. Rather, said Hashem, I'm going to make him blind. This way he'll have to stay at home. He will be unable to go out to the market. And he won't have to hear the negative statements of people, people won't be saying about Yitzchak Gavinu, Chaz Vashalom, that he has such a rush for his son. Hado Dixiv, Gumeshami Saser Adam. Hashem didn't want him to find out about the fact that his son was so evil. That's what it sounds like. Mikhail Amro, from here our sages teach us, Kol Hamamid Ben Rasha, Itamid Rasha, Saif She'en of Kehois. Whoever has a son who is evil, or a student who is evil, so then his eyes will end up being darkened. So that's the first part of the Medrash. Very interesting. He became blind, so he shouldn't see what it's, what Esav, the evil of Esav, he shouldn't be able to hear about the evil of Esav. Tavar Acher. A second explanation says the Medrash. It was because of the power of another Seeing, what does it mean? It says Vatichena Enov Mirois. His eyes became heavy from seeing. It was because of a different seeing that he had done. 
At the time when Avram Avinu bound his son Yitzchak on the altar, right, in the binding of Isaac, where Hashem had instructed Avram Avinu to bring him up as a sacrifice, so he was bound there. What happened? The, the angels were crying. They were crying when this occurred. The powerful ones, they called out, and the, the, the tears fell out of the eyes of the angels, into his eyes, into the eyes of Yitzchak Avinu. And they left an impression upon his eyes. Okay, he didn't become blind right away. When he got old, that's when his eyes became blind. Because of that original, the original time when he had those tears of the angels had fallen into his eyes. That's what it means in the verse when it says that when he became old, his eyes became heavy because of that which he saw previously. He had seen the tears of the angels that had fallen into his eyes. Okay, this is a kind of famous medrash. You might be familiar with it. And this is a medrash that begs for an explanation. I always wondered what's what's the measures trying to say. So so 100. And, I mean, this he's 123. This the story with the kid is happened when he was 37. We're talking 80 80 approximately 80 years later. What's going on? The the tears they were stuck there and they waited and and then later on uh, he became blind from those original tears from 80 years before. It's very difficult to understand. What does the measures mean? And of course, whenever we have a measures that says something fantastic. It always, it's our chazal are teaching us something. They want us to ask the question, and they want us to come to the conclusion that they intended. What is the intent of this medrash? Before we get into what the intent is, what I believe it is, it's important to understand when chazal make a statement like this. They're saying that these two points in time, the akedas yitzchak, the time when he was bound. And the time when he's about to give the brachas to the wrong son. Right? This is so important, the fact that he became blind. Why is the Torah telling us that he was blind? Because without him being blind, it would not have been possible for Yaakov to receive the brachas. So that's the push-up shot of why the Torah tells us that. He was unable to see. Therefore, Yaakov could come in and fool his father and then get the brachas. But there's a much deeper depth here. The fact that he was unable to see, as the Medrash is saying, is because he, he couldn't see Figuratively, he couldn't see his son. He couldn't see that Asa was the wrong guy to give the brachas to. So that had an effect on him physically, which enabled the right guy to get the brachas. But there's a deeper depth, and that has to do with the fact that these two points in time, the Akedah and the, the brachas being given to Yaakov Avinu, are intimately bound. There's something very special about these two points in time. The Menrish is giving us the hint. And we need to unravel this chidah, Unravel the 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 message that our Chachamim are coming to teach us in this medrash. So I was thinking about it, like, what is the reason? Why were they crying? Why were the angels crying at the Akedah? So we think the Pashup Shat. We think they were crying because it's a terrible thing. Yisroch is going to be killed. One of the Mafurshim says over here, the Zera Avram. Why were they crying? 
There are those who say that it was the three Malachim, the same Malachim, Michal, Gavriel, Uriel, who had come to Avram Avinu to inform him about the fact that Yitzchak was about to be born. Those were the Malachim who were crying at the time when, when Akedah Yitzchak occurred. One shot, another shot that's brought down is that they were crying because they were afraid that he's going to indeed be sacrificed. He's going to come up to Shemayim. And as a result of the amazing sacrifice that they did, so Hashem will no longer pay attention to the, to the angels. He'll only be Mashra's Shechina. He'll place his divine presence upon Yitzchak and not, not on them. So they were crying. I'm going to offer you a shot that I think is it's, it's my own chiddush, okay? It's my own shot. I have to preface that before we proceed. But I think it might be the real pshat in this medrash. Tell me if it rings for you true. I was thinking about this idea of tears and crying. What was I, why was I thinking about the tears and the crying? And in what context? Because clearly here, when Yitzchak, when Yitzchak is bound... It's a It's the end point. It's a it's a nisayon. It's a tremendous um, challenge that they overcome and they succeed. Bang! At that moment, what happens right afterwards? They hear about Rivka Imenu is born. Yitzchak is, is about to finally get married at the age of forty. All this stuff starts to move. It's a, it's like a it's an end point. It's a completion of sorts, and it's the beginning of Klal Yisrael. It's the beginning of Yitzchak. Being able to have a child, the Medrash, the desire says that he before the before the Akeda, so he had a female soul. After the Akeda, he got a male soul, and then he was only then was only then was he able to be able to get married because of the Akeda. It was an end point and a beginning point. In a similar way, Yaakov Avinu, when he's stealing the brachas, it's unbelievable. It's an end point and a beginning point. Now that he has gotten those brachas, he runs to Lavan Arami's house. He goes and he gets married to Rachel and to Leah. And Zbila and Zilpah, and he has the 12 tribes. Only after this point, these two points are pivotal points. The Akeda and, and Yaakov Avinu getting the brachas are pivotal points. They're so, it's so important to understand these points are intimately connected. But they're end and beginning points. That's, that's, that's the idea. That's how I was thinking about it. Now, when else do we find tears at an end and a beginning point? So I'd like to share with you a Gemara, which I'm, I'm sure I've shared many times before. You might be familiar with it. But it is an unbelievable Gemara. It's a Gemara in Sukkah, and Daphne and Bezim and Aleph. It's the only place in Shas, as far as I know, the only place that the Gemara mentions the concept of Mashiach bin Yosef. And what happens at the end of days? Machlekes. This is an argument in the Gemara. What happens? Mashiach ben Yosef, the Messiah, son of, from the great great grandson of Yosef at Tzaddik. So, according to one opinion, he, he dies. He's killed in the battle of Gog Magog in this war. According to another opinion, he doesn't die, but rather, the, the Pasuk describes, the verse in Zechariah, the 12th chapter of Zechariah, tells us about the fact that there's a great Avelus. A great hespit, a great eulogy that occurs in the times when Mashiach arrives, the Messiah, the son of Yosef. According to one opinion, Visaptu, as I pointed out, Visaptu Gematria is 156, which is the Gematria of Yosef. They're eulogizing. According to one opinion, it's Mashiach and Yosef that they're eulogizing. But according to another opinion, 
It's the death of the Yitzhahara. It's the death of the ego. It's the death of the evil inclination. That is what everyone is crying about. So the Gemara says like this, an amazing thing. We understand that everyone's crying. Everyone's eulogizing about Mashiach ben Yosef, that Mashiach ben Yosef has died. But according to the opinion that Mashiach ben Yosef does not die, and that who dies, it's the Yetzirah that dies. The evil inclination is destroyed. The ego is destroyed. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't be eulogizing. They should be rejoicing. Amai bachu, why are they crying? Amar the Gemara kedidoresh Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara answers like the drush of Rabbi Yehuda. In the future, Mashiach's coming, and or Mashiach has arrived. Here we are, Mashiach's here. Amazing war, crazy times, and. Hashem brings the Yitzhar, the evil inclination, and He shets it. He slaughters it. In front of everybody. In front of the tzaddikim, in front of the righteous people, in front of the wicked people. Tzaddikim nidma lahem kehar gavoya. The tzaddikim, they see the Yitzhar, and it seems like this massive mountain. Rishayim nidma lahem asaira. And to the evil, to the wicked, they see that the Yitzhar looks like a little string, a little a hair. These ones are crying and these ones are crying. They're crying and they're saying, How are we able to overcome this awesome mountain? And the Rishon say, They're crying because they say, How can we weren't able to overcome this little hair? Hashem also wonders alongside them that which is unbelievable wondrous in the eyes of the remnant of this, this nation in those days it will also be something which is wondrous in my own eyes interesting here right it's the eyes right it's the eyes what's the idea of everyone crying what happens when a person cries why is everyone crying why is it that his eyes go blind the Yitzchak Avinu can't see what happens when a person cries. The, the tears blur their vision. What's the idea? When, what is the depth? Why is everyone crying here? Mashiach comes. Why are they? How did we answer the? What's the answer of the Gemara? The Gemara says, "Why is everyone crying about the Yitzhar getting slaughtered?" And the answer is, "Well, they're crying because wow, how did we? How did we accomplish this? How are we able to accomplish this?" But I, I want to give a depth. I want to give you a deeper depth, perhaps a new shot. Said, I've said pshat to me this before, and my safer, perfectly imperfect. I said a pshat. I have a different pshat, a new idea, a, a deeper thought. You know, sometimes it seems like evil is so powerful, and evil is winning, and it seems like the truth is being covered up, and that those who are with the truth are going to lose. It seems like evil corruption. Those who cheat, it seems like they win. It seems like they get away with it. But, it's not true. In the end, evil destroys itself. Take, take an, a, a glaring example, Hitler. Why did he lose the war? He lost the war because the war was about killing the Jews. Because he focused all of his efforts on killing the Jews, he ended up losing the war. It's documented. 
during the Six Day War, a great example, the 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 Jewish Air Force had destroyed all of the Egyptian Air Force in a fell swoop, in a moment, in an amazing attack that had Siat Shmaya been prepared for two years from before, Hamoked, in a moment. And what was and what were the Arabs doing? Gloating over the radio that they had destroyed the Jewish Air Force, and of course. The Jews wanted to keep it all quiet, and and uh, they didn't want to spoil the surprise of the attack. They were winning. The Jews knew that they were winning, but we didn't announce it on our radios. In fact, the entire Israeli nation, all they heard was the Egyptians, their claim that they had destroyed the Jewish fleets. And it was a lie. And their evil, and their lie, and their cheating destroyed, helped HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people who represent him to destroy them. Because truth wins out in the end. And those who cheat and lie, they're destroyed. But you see, as we come close, as we get closer to that moment, it seems like evil is going to win. It seems like the, the cheaters, those who are perpetrating the frauds, those who are covering up the truth and perpetuating the lies, it seems like they're winning. It seems like they're going to win. It seems like evil will win. And then in a moment, in a moment, it all turns around. In a moment, look at the story of the, the Megillah, it's a prime example of it. In a moment, it seems like Haman is on top, he's the powerful one, he's going to destroy Klai Yisrael, the Jewish people. And he has this awesome tree that he, that he has built in order to hang Mordechai, but in a moment everything flips over. It seemed like Haman was going to win. Haman is being called to be with the queen in a private party with Achashverosh. And in a moment it flips over and the truth is revealed. That's the moment where you cry. That's the moment where they start to cry. What are the tzaddikim saying? They're saying, it was this great mountain. It seemed like evil was going to prevail. It was impossible. It was impossible for us to win. It seemed like evil was going to win. And then in a moment, it turns over and truth prevails in the end. We find out who the real winner is. We find out who the real, who's really telling the truth. That Klai Yisrael all along, the Jewish people all along, had the truth with them. No, no other religion took over the chosen status of the Jewish people, not Christianity, not Islam. No, the truth is revealed in the end. The truth was with us all along, those who remained faithful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to God. It's revealed in a moment. And this great mountain, this great mountain of evil is shown to be nothing. And the tears just flow. They flow and they flow. The tears flow at the moment when the truth is revealed. Where it seemed like it was going to be evil who would prevail and righteousness prevails. That's where the tears flow in that turnaround, in that moment of turnaround. Now let's look back at this Medrash. The Medrash says to us, <laughs> this is such a Gavaldik Pshat, I think it's Mamash the Pshat, it's so awesome. And the Medrash tells us that when he bound his son, the Malachim were crying. Why were they crying? So we think that they were crying because this terrible thing is about to happen, it shouldn't happen. I have a new Pshat. 
They were crying because it seemed like it was about to happen, and it didn't happen. They didn't cry. It doesn't say that they cried because of the fact that he was about to get shechted. It just says they were crying when he was when when he was tying him on the on the when he tied him on the mizbeach. But I want to say chiddush that they cried right after, right after it was revealed that no, he's not going to be killed. It seemed like all would be lost. The Jewish nation would be destroyed. This is unbelievable. That's when they cried. When it was clear that it's not going to be the case. That the Jewish nation will not be destroyed. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu was just testing him. Because he wanted to imbue into Kal Yisrael this ability to get to a point where it seems like evil will win. And no, evil does not win. Those are the tears, perhaps, of the angels. The tears of the angels that fall into Yitzchak's eyes and remain there for us to cry for us to cry those are the tears of salvation those are the tears which express the fact that it looked like all was lost it looked like evil would win and evil does not win truth and good wins out in the end and now hear this those same <laughs> so give out those same tears remain in his eyes, dormant, until another point in time comes when his eyes are blinded by his son. It looks like evil is going to win out. This cheater, Asaph, the cheater, the fake, the fraud, he's convinced his father that he's righteous and he deserves the blessings. What a terrible, what a terrible outcome there will be if the cheater wins, if the loser fakes everybody out and wins and gets the blessings. What a terrible outcome that would be. What is the truth? The truth is that evil doesn't win out in the end. And that's represented by the tears that fell in Yitzchak Avinu's eyes, that cloud over his eyes, so that who can win in the end? So that Yaakov Avinu, the true heir, the man of truth, the Ish Emes, the Geula of Am Yisrael, the one who represents the Geula, the redemption of Klai Yisrael, that he will receive the blessings as he's supposed to. Why? Because of those original tears that remained in Yitzchak's eyes so that evil would not win out, but so that good would win out and the evil would destroy itself. At that, I believe, is the Pshat in this message. And that's the point of connection here. Klai Yisrael wins. When does Klai Yisrael win? When do we get to a new stage in Klai Yisrael? Yitzchak Avinu completes something that looks like it's going to be the opposite. It looks like evil's going to win. Boom. Good wins out in the end. And we get to a new, a new point. A new reality in Klai Yisrael. Yitzchak Avinu now has a wife. Her name is Rivka. Moving on into the next generation of Klai Yisrael. Yaakov Avinu also has to go through this kind of similar thing where it looks like evil is going to win out. And what is the end result? It seems evil is going to win. Evil, it's, the, it's the last moment. It's, 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 it's so close he's going to get the... It's so close he's going to win. He's going to get the brachas. No, he can't get the brachas. Yaakov comes in in the very, in the, the very tears that they, they cried at the time of the Akedah when things turned around are those very tears that caused that Yaakov Avinu will be able to switch things around as well and obtain those blessings and now go on into the next stage of Klal Yisrael 
and go on and marry Leah and, and Rachel and have his children. So this is a powerful foundational idea and it's so important to understand this in light of Mashiach's, what I believe to be soon advent, the soon arrival. As you get closer to that point, as we saw in the Medrash, in the Gemara, in Daphne, in Bez, in Sukkah, as we get to that point, it seems like evil is about to prevail, and that's the war of Gogu Magog. It seems like the, 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 the evil ones, the Iranians, and the, those who aid and abet them are going to succeed, and it looks like they're going to win. And then there's a turnaround. There's a turnaround. And that is the Medrash Yakushmani, which I mentioned in the Mashiach podcast. That's the moment when ev- everyone, starts, everyone starts to cry. As we find in this Gemara and Sukkah, everyone starts to cry. Because you can't believe, you can't believe that this incredible evil, this great mountain of evil, will fall, bite the dust, and be slaughtered in front of the eyes of everyone, in front of the eyes of the entire world. So I want to bless you, and I ask you to bless me back. Hashem should help us to recognize the truth, to see the truth, to see the truth and to cut through the lies and to not lose faith that ultimately it is good that prevails, that ultimately good will prevail. And may Hashem help us to be zeich, to merit, to see it in our lifetimes. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.